0: Hi, and welcome to the White Hill podcast series. Uh, My name is Roger. I'm one of the pastors here at White Hill, and we're glad that you've uh, chosen to listen to one of the podcast messages today. Our prayer is that you would be challenged and inspired to take the next steps in your journey with God as you listen to this message. Uh, If you want to keep in touch with more things that are happening at White Hill, head to our website at whitehill.church. And you can have subscribed to our YouTube channel. Enjoy this message now. John 9,
1: starting in verse 1. And he went along, as he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming where no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. After saying this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with his saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam, that means sent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, isn't this the man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was. Others said, no, he only looks like him, but he himself insisted, I am the man. How then are your eyes open, they asked? He replied, the man they called Jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Salome and wash, so I went and washed, and then I could see. Where is this man, they asked him. I do not know, he said. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had been blind. Now, the day on which Jesus made the mud and opened the man's eyes was a Sabbath, They still did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they sent for the man's parents. Is this your son? They asked. Is this the one who you say was born blind? How is that now he can see? We know he is our son, the parents answered, and we know he was born blind. But how he can see now or who opened his eyes, we do not know. Ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders who already had decided that anyone who acknowledged that Jesus was the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. That was why his parents said he is of age. Ask him. A second time they summoned the man who had been born blind. Give glory to God by telling the truth. They said, we know this man is a sinner. He replied, whether he is a sinner or not, I do not know. One thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. Then they asked him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered, I have told you already and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? Then they hurled insults at him and said, you are this fellow's disciple. We are the disciples of Moses. We know that God spoke to Moses, but as for this fellow, we don't even know where he comes from. The man answered, now that is remarkable. You don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to a godly person who does his will. Nobody has ever heard of opening the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. To this, they replied, You were steeped in sin at birth. How dare you lecture us? And they threw him out.
2: Thanks, Brad. Good morning, everyone. I made Brad read a lot this morning <laughs> so that I didn't have to do it, but. Um It's great to have you this morning. It's great for those watching online for joining us today, especially if you couldn't get through floodwaters. It's great that you could join us. I have a story for you this morning. Back in 1880, a very long time ago, there was a a young couple who gave birth to a beautiful baby girl. She was healthy and adorable, as all parents think their children are. And she grew and brought much joy and delight to them as a couple. When she was about 19 months old, however, she became sick. And in fact, she became very, very sick. They didn't know whether it was scarlet fever or rubella, but whatever it was, it left the child completely blind and completely deaf. Can you imagine the parents of that child? What do you do with a child who you can't communicate to, here's this child in complete darkness and complete silence. They struggled as a family. How did they raise her? They were ill-equipped. The child became wild and unruly and undisciplined. Eventually, they found out about a school of the blind. Remember, this is 1880, it's a long time ago. But they found out about this school of the blind and they employed a teacher she was 20 years old, so this is her first placement. She arrived at their house and, and, um, and she got to know the child as much as she could, and she tried different ways of trying to communicate her. She would put objects in one hand and try to spell words in the other. And it kind of worked, but kind of didn't, because if you put a cup in someone's hand and you spell it, are you spelling cup? Are you spelling mug? Are you spelling water? Are you spelling milk? It became confusing, and the child didn't understand. Well, one day she had an idea. She went outside, and she pumped the water out of the the pump, and she placed the child's hand under the cool water, and as it gushed, Over her hand, she spelled the word water into the other. And as the water flowed and the child experienced what it felt like, the teacher kept spelling the word. And all of a sudden, it was like this light switched on for the child and she understood that this cool, gushing thing over her hand was what was being spelled in the other. That day alone, she learnt 30 words. Her world was opened to possibilities, to hope. The child's name was Helen Keller, and her teacher was Anne Sullivan. And Anne stayed with um, Helen for the whole of her life, teaching and supporting her. Helen became a great poet, an author, an advocate of the blind and deaf. In John 9 that Brad read today, we read of a man who was born blind. He had never experienced sight at all. He didn't know what a sunset or a tree looked like. He he lived in darkness. His life was limited. The only future he had to look forward to was to sit on the roadside begging for a living. Jesus came along and he didn't pour water over his hands, but he used his saliva and spat in the ground and made mud and put it on the man's eyes. I thought it might be a good idea to do a demonstration of that and have a volunteer this morning, but changed my mind. (laughs) Jesus told him to go and wash off the water. And as he obeyed, suddenly, in a moment, his whole life transformed. He went from complete darkness to light. He could see. Light illuminated his world for the very first time. Can you imagine what that would have been like for him? Colors suddenly filled his vision. Objects his parents and others had tried to describe to him now appeared and revealed before his eyes. He was blind, but now he could see, and a whole world of possibilities was open to him that was not available to him before. Light changes things. Where there is darkness, there is limitation and hopelessness, but where there is light, there is hope. There are possibilities, there is a future. In verse five of the passage that Brad read, Jesus testifies, while I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Why did Jesus use light as something to describe himself? And how is Jesus being the light of the world relevant to us and to those who perhaps don't even know him? So today we're going to look at three things, three things that light does for us. Firstly, light illuminates, doesn't it? You turn on a light and it illuminates the objects around you. So what is it that Jesus, as the light, illuminates for us? Well, Jesus firstly illuminates the truth of who God is and his presence with us. He illuminates the truth of who God is and his presence with us. Jesus shows us who God is. Throughout John's Gospel, we are introduced to Jesus as God with flesh on Jesus came so that we might know God. Do you want to know what God is like? Look at Jesus. In this story with his interaction with this blind man, Jesus Jesus shows us what God is like. Jesus sees this man. He sees the one that others overlook. Here is this blind man begging by the side of the road. He was probably invisible to most people, but Jesus sees him and Jesus has compassion. His heart is for those who are without hope and Jesus desires to bring healing and wholeness and freedom. That is who Jesus is and that is what God is like. And God never changes. He's the same yesterday, today and who we will be in the future. So you can trust that God sees you. Even when no one else does, even when you feel overlooked, you are never overlooked with God. God knows your circumstances. He has compassion on you, and he offers your way to a life of wholeness. I am the light of the world, Jesus says. I have come to show you, to switch on the light, to illuminate who God is. This was not the first time that Jesus made this statement about being the light. In the previous chapter of John, in John 8, in verse 12, we read the same statement. I am the light of the world. And then he goes on and says, Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. When he said this, Jesus was visiting Jerusalem during the festival of the tabernacles. And this festival or feast was this week-long harvest festival that kind of marked the end of the harvest and also the end of the Jewish year. And Jesus stands up in the temple courts in the middle of this festival and he starts to teach. The people were amazed because he hadn't, he hadn't learnt from anyone and yet he, he taught with such wisdom They all had opinions of who he was. As well as being a harvest festival, the Festival of Tabernacles commemorated God's protection of the Israelites during their 40 years as they wandered in the wilderness. And during the festival, it is said that there was a great ceremony called the Illumination of the Temple and it involved the ritual lighting of four golden oil-fed lamps. And these lamps were huge menorahs or candelabras, and they lighted the temple at night to remind the people of the pillar of fire that had guided Israel in the wilderness as God led them to the promised land. And all night long, the light shone their brilliance, and it is said it illuminated the entire city. In a world before electricity, it would have been amazing to see. The festival was a reminder that God had promised to send a light, the light, to a sin-darkened world. And imagine that you are in ancient Jerusalem and you see these lights, and then now imagine the impact of the words that is said by Jesus in the temple courtyard I am the light of the world. Jesus uses this image of light to illuminate the truth of who he was, to ne- connect him to the same God who had led the people out of slavery. He wanted to open the eyes of those listening to the reality of God present right with them. And firstly, he says, I am the light of the world. I am. The first time we read of God as the I am is in the book of Exodus where Moses has an encounter with God at the burning bush. God identifies himself in Exodus 3.14 as the I am who I am. I am the self-sufficient, self-sustaining God who was, who is, and who will be. And Jesus, by saying I am of himself, is claiming his relationship to the great I am, that he and God are one. And all the way through this gospel, John highlights Jesus saying this. In John 10, he says, the Father and I are one. In John 14, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. Jesus is saying, I am God, God with flesh on. I'm right here, present with you now, right in front of you, in your world. Some people's eyes were open and they believed his claims and others were blinded and they didn't believe. The Pharisees, the upholders of the Jewish law, they seemed to have the greatest trouble seeing that Jesus was who he claimed to be. When the people brought the man who was blind and now able to see to the Pharisees, We heard Brad read that they had someone right in front of them that they could not explain. He was this man who they knew had been blind his whole life, standing in front of them. And he now could obviously see. Yet they still would not believe this man's testimony, that it was a miracle of God, that it was even of God. They tried to make it something from sin. They questioned the man and then they questioned his parents so that they could testify for him and then they questioned the man again and they still refused to believe even though he was standing right in front of them obviously with sight. Jesus came from heaven to earth to show us a clear picture of who God is. God in the flesh. God is not hiding and as we read the gospel, we get this fleshed out picture of who God is. What is God like? Look at Jesus. Jesus loved people. He had a heart for those who were lost, for those who were living in darkness. He healed. He forgave. He loved the people around him and he invited them to life. God wants to be known and he wants, to be, wants you to know him. Jesus came to illuminate the truth of who God is. And you too can have an encounter with this God. He invites you to know him. The second thing that light does is it exposes the darkness. And Jesus as the light means that he exposes the darkness around us and within us. The darkness is not a physical darkness like the blind man had but it's a spiritual one. The Bible describes darkness as sin. Sin is around us and within us. Romans 3.23 says that for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That is what sin is. We don't meet God's holy standards. We fall short. The world is dark because it is full of sin and evil, and we've seen that very clearly this week. It has chosen to go its own way rather than God's, and sin keeps us separated from God. Light and darkness are opposites. God and sin are opposite. They cannot exist together. In 1 John 1, 5, it says, God is light. In him, there is no darkness at all. So Jesus' statement, I am the light of the world, is so wonderful because Jesus, as the light, came to expose sin, to save us from sin, and to bring us into the light of God's love. Just as the pillar of fire led the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt to the promised land, so too jesus the light saves us from our slavery to sin he saves us from darkness and leads us to eternal life full of freedom and hope the healing of the blind man was a practical example of that he was saved from darkness to light physically but jesus wants to do that for us spiritually Jesus says in John 8, 12 that whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. When we are walking in darkness, we are in spiritual darkness. We are walking in sin and we are unaware of the reality of God around us. We're separated from him. And many people are living in darkness. They live life based on what they think is the right way. They might even follow some moral rules and try hard to be good, to be helpful, to make a difference in the world. But they are blind to the things that keep them in the dark. They are blind to God. He has no relevance in their lives at all. The Bible says that it is Satan who keeps us in the dark and who has blinded our eyes to God. In 2 Corinthians 4 4, it says, The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. The devil, the God of this age, he is dark in his motives and in his manipulation for evil. He keeps people in darkness and he blinds their eyes. Jesus describes the Pharisees, the upholders of the Jewish law, the people who were supposed to be God's people as blinded, as walking in darkness because they were blind to who Jesus was, God present with them. They thought that obeying the law would save them. And we too can walk in darkness when we look to ourselves for our salvation, when we try to use good deeds to save us. We need the light to expose the darkness of sin within us. The light of Christ exposes the enemy's lies and deceptions. When you were a child, were you scared of the dark? I know I was. I imagined all of these like creepy crawly monsters hiding under my bed or in the cupboard or behind the curtain. And a lot of young children are scared of the dark. And what did you do? Well, if you were like me, you usually yelled for your parents, mum or dad, to come in. And what did they do when they came in? They switched on the light, didn't they? The light, switching on the light exposes the truth of what's there and what's not. They'll show you under your bed in the cupboard behind the curtain and show you that there are no monsters lurking there. Jesus is our light. He exposes sin for what it is, and it's in him and him only that we can be saved. It's in Jesus that we have the light of life. No longer do we have to walk in darkness. We can now walk in life and light. We are transferred from darkness to light through Jesus. When you believe in Jesus, you are welcomed into eternal life. From the moment that you say yes to Jesus, you have life. In John 10.10, it says, I have come. This is the reason Jesus has come, that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus didn't come just so that we would go to heaven when we die, but he came so that we can have life that starts now. New life in him. Just like the blind man, he experienced going from darkness to light, and there was no going back. A new life had started at that moment. Once his eyes were opened, it was a new way forward. Once you have experienced Jesus as the light of your life, you are forever transformed. You go from spiritual darkness to light. Instead of being enslaved by sin, you have a life that is filled with hope, with new possibilities, with a future and a purpose. Jesus is light and he saves us completely through his death on the cross. He triumphed over sin. When we come to him, when we believe in him, we are forgiven of our sin. Jesus took the darkness of our sin upon himself. And as he did, he was separated from God because God and sin, light and darkness, cannot coexist together. Through his death, the price of sin was paid and he rose to life and is seated at the right hand of God. Through his sacrifice, he promises that those who follow him will never walk in darkness but have the light of life. The third thing about light is that it reveals what's hidden. Jesus, as the light, reveals the path to life. The path to life is what we step onto as soon as we say yes to Jesus. Jesus is the light of life, and life is found only in him. I'm talking about life that is everlasting, where we are forgiven. We're free because we've been saved from sin. And once we believe in Jesus and put our trust in him, we no longer walk in darkness, but we walk in light. As the blind man washed the mud off his eyes, his life was forever changed. He walked forward as a seeing man. But Jesus didn't want him to just see physically. There was something else that needed to happen so he could see spiritually. And in John 9, 35, Jesus asks him, do you believe in the son of man? Who is he, sir, the man asked. Tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus said, you have now seen him, in fact. He is the one speaking to you. Then the man said, Lord, I believe and he worshiped him. There needs to be a response from us to Jesus. Jesus asks us, do you believe in me? This blind man chose to believe and as he did, the path of eternal life was revealed and he started walking on it. He could see spiritually as well as physically. I'm not sure if you've ever tried to navigate a room that is dark. I remember when I went on a mission trip many years ago um, with Frank and Sue to Vanuatu. We stayed on an outer island in a high school there, and they had a generator that operated for a couple of hours at nighttime. But once that generator was turned off, I have never experienced such darkness. It was so dark, and one night I had to get up, and I couldn't find my torch, I couldn't find the phone, and I'm fumbling around in the dark, bumping into things as I go, trying to find my way forward. It was very slow as I inched my way. Now, I can't get this room completely dark, but I'm gonna try, so let's turn down all the lights. And you know what? When there's a light, no matter how small, Oh, if I can get it going. (laughs) Why does this never work when you want it to? There we go. When we have a light, no matter how small, it reveals the path in front of us. I wished that I had a light in Vanuatu in that dark room so that I could see. But no matter how small the light is, it reveals the path to us. And Jesus, as the light of the world, reveals the path of light for us thanks graham when you believe and follow jesus you have the light that reveals the path of life jesus leads and guides us into eternal life do you believe that jesus is the son of god do you believe that he is who he claimed to be If you do, there is only one response, and that is what the blind man did. What did it say? He believed and then he worshiped. To worship means that you bow down to Jesus as King and Lord. Instead of following your way, like fumbling around in the dark, you can choose to follow Jesus, the light of the world. And if you've never done that, whether you're in the room or whether you're watching online tonight, today, I want to give you an opportunity to do it because today is the perfect day to start a new life in Christ, to move from blindness to seeing, to have your life transformed from hopelessness and limitation to one that is filled with hope and purpose. And if you want to obey Jesus' call to you today, I want to give you that opportunity There are many here who have already done that, who have made that choice, but perhaps for you, you've never understood what it meant. When Jesus says, do you believe in me? If you want to say yes to that today, I'd love you to pray along with me. So let's all just bow our heads and just in the quietness of your own heart, would you say these words with me? Jesus, I no longer want to live in darkness, trying to find my own way. I want your light to come into my life. I choose today to follow you because I believe that you are the son of God who came to save me. Thank you that you died for me to save me from sin and death. I am trusting you for eternal life that is only found in you. Help me to walk in your light day by day. Amen. If you prayed that prayer today, I'd love to have a conversation with you. If you're watching online today and you prayed that, we'd love to connect with you. So please um, hit the connect button or chat to someone online in YouTube today. I'd love to give you some, a Bible and some tools that will help you along the path of life. For those of us here who have already chosen to follow the light, there is a reminder for us here today too. Jesus is the light of the world and as his followers, we are filled with his light. We need to realize that this light is not just for ourselves and for our own benefit, but so that others might be guided to him And be guided by him. In Ephesians 5 8, it says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. The Bible says that as followers of Jesus, we are now light. As we live out our lives obeying Jesus, we are to illuminate Jesus into the world that we go, wherever we go. Live such lives that others can see the light. Don't hide it. You have friends and family that are living in darkness, trying to do life on their own, their own way, by their own ideas, fumbling around, trying to find the right way. You have the light. Let it shine and take this light into the world. Coming up in two weeks, we start our life series. Over three Sundays, we are running three very intentional services, both in the AM and the PM. And they are designed to tell people this good news, the good news of Jesus. There will be a message that gives people a clear opportunity to follow Jesus. And it's gonna be a little bit different to our normal service. There'll be items, there'll be stories, and it will be an hour service with free food and activities after it. We're gonna do all we can to make this a safe and a comfortable place for people who don't yet know Jesus to be. For all of us, we need to do two things. Firstly, we need to pray. Pray that God will move in the hearts of those who hear. Pray that God will prepare those hearts. Pray that he will give us boldness and courage to ask people. We have a special prayer meeting coming up on Saturday, the 12th of March. I invite you to come and join in. And secondly, we need to invite. You know people who don't yet know Jesus. They are in your family. They live beside you. They're in your workplaces. Would you have the boldness and the courage to invite them along? We have lots of cards out in the foyer. Grab a bundle. Go around all your neighbors, invite them along. We wanna see people move from darkness into light and we wanna be the light that guides them to the light of the world. Let's pray together. Dear Jesus, we thank you that you are the light of the world, that you came out of darkness and you brought us light, light that would illuminate the truth of who God was to us light that would reveal the darkness that is around us and within us and light that would reveal the path towards life. Lord, I pray for those who are still yet to choose the light. Perhaps they're living in darkness, the people that we know, the people that we love. Lord, I pray that you would be at work in their hearts and lives right now, that you would be preparing hearts, that people would be Um, planting seeds in their lives that would draw them to you. Lord, I pray for us, for those of us who are already your followers, who know your light. Help us to be your light in the world, Lord. Help us to be a light that shines in the dark world, that illuminates the truth of who you are and draws people to you. Let I pray that this week, as we go about our everyday, ordinary lives, that we would recognize your presence with us every moment and that we would be your light in the world. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening today. If you live locally here in the Ipswich region, we would love to invite you to come and join us in person uh, here at one of our Sunday gatherings at Whitehill. For more information on our services or our ministries, head on over to our website at whitehill.church. If you're interested also in taking next steps in your relationship with Jesus, please also at our website, hit the connect button And let us know where you're at. We would love to catch up with you either over a coffee or on a phone call to chat with you about where you're at. We hope you've enjoyed watching this message and we pray that God would continue to bless you as you seek to seek Him in your daily life. God bless.